Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone actual play tabletop role-playing podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these episodes in any order and skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we are playing using the combat mechanics from a game called Ironsworn. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Ironsworn from their website, and that is www.ironswornrpg.com. That is spelled I-R-O-N-S-W-O-R-N-R-P-G.com. Uh, build your own Ironsworn character and play a game with friends, or even come back and critique the mistakes that we will inevitably make through this episode. Speaking of we... Today, we are joined by Krista Evans. Oh, hey, um, that's me. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be doing a character voice today. I've been practicing this character voice all year, so I'm like still bad at it, um, but I'm learning. And <laughs> surprises people. Today's the day? No, I've been doing a character voice all year, all season. Uh, still bad. Um, but every time I play a game with my friends i watch a video clip of a person who i admire which who is sofia vergara and she rubs off on me a little bit more and more she's a wonderful person i genuinely like her um this might not age well who knows this is an aged like milk one day i hope not actually she's a great person okay so um so i've got a joke for you today yes what is it <laughs> why do raccoons not be afraid of the rain i don't know I don't why know. Because they're made out of hats. <laughs> <sighs> David Crockett would love that joke. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> Is that um, on, the conclusion person. of your introduction, Krista? Yeah. Okay, then we're moving on to Deidre Halal. Hello, everyone. My name is Deidre. I am a rescued alien from a downed intergalactic space station, and I am here to protect the people who can't protect themselves. Excellent. Thank you. And finally, we have, uh, correct me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, Errol Corvidbo. Uh, Errol Corvidbo. Yes, uh, that, that's me. I'm, I'm here for an adventure. Great. Well, then you've come to the right place. What do you look like? <laughs> I am uh, a four-foot-tall halfling. I have a uh, burn on the right side of my face. I wear a patch over my right eye, a large wide-brimmed hat with a feather protruding from it, uh, a lace lace shirt with, uh, you can rather puffy, and I have quite a few gold rings on my fingers, as well as a waxed mustache and a uh, small goatee. Excellent. All right, party. Uh, we're going to begin today's adventure in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. It is a Tuesday morning... And many guild members are just now rolling in. Uh, the guild's cozy wooden interior seems a little bit more inviting and professionalist today as opposed to previous days because the walls, floor, and bar gleam especially brightly for some reason. In the back, there's a bar, a seating area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard where job flyers are posted. Some guild members are at the bar currently uh, placing food and beverage orders. Uh, my question to you is, what are you all doing? I'm sharpening my knives. I would be sitting at the, I would be sitting at the bar, uh, ordering a nice ale, a pint of ale. 
You don't see Krista. I think, um, very well. <laughs> so, um, you overhear some folks at the bar complaining. Uh, and they're saying that they were up all night the previous night, Monday night, having to clean the guild hall. And it was something to do with um, the second annual Druidic Dominoes tournament getting out of hand and Nulisag putting his foot down and forcing everyone to clean up because there was a calamity. And so that's about all that's going on this morning. You see some very disheveled folks at the bar and some people are coming in. Um, would you like to speak to each other? I'm just throwing that out there. Sure. Deirdre is huffing over at uh, Corvid Bow here. She ab abhors alcohol. She likes to keep her mind just as sharp as everything else. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, it takes all kinds. Would you like a piece of licorice? Uh, I pull out a silver, uh, what looks like a cigarette holder, and I pop it open. But instead of cigarettes, there's pieces of licorice candy. Well, don't mind if I do. It's much healthier than ale. <laughs> Upon seeing food, a raccoon hops up from behind the bar onto one of the bar stools and looks adorably with puppy dog eyes at you. I'll give the raccoon a piece of licorice to stay out of the garbage. The raccoon eats the licorice. <laughs> so Nusi, the bartender, sees the raccoon and is horrified, uh, gets the broom <laughs> from out from under the bar and bats it away, uh, realizing that she's a level 20 tiefling and just with full force, boom, is catapulted to the front of the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. Oh, Nusi. I would like to use the battle mechanic. Oh, all right. I invoke parley. No, I invoke the battle mechanic. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at page 84 of the rulebook, uh, which is 95 out of 270. And it says battle. You can use this mechanic to... Oh, we're playing Iron Sworn. Hi, everybody. Yes. We don't know how to play. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing this right, but you can use the battle mechanic to quickly resolve blurred, rapidly you know, resolved combats. Like, they're not a full fight. So it says, when you fight a battle and it happens in a blur, envision your objective and roll if you primarily, and then it gives me stuff to roll. So I want to fight using trickery or careful tactics. Trickery to befuddle my opponents. So I'm going to speak to her and say, right as she's bringing that broom up to smack the raccoon, I'm going to say, what, you like rats but not raccoons? Favoritism towards white rats. Then roll plus shadow. <laughs> And so how this works is I roll a d6 and two d10s. I'm going to add my shadow to that. That was a six on the d6 Whoa. and a 10 and a three, which means that I have a nine, which beats the three, but not the 10. It says on a weak hit, I achieve my objective, but not without cost. Pay the price. All so right. then you scroll to the pay the price section. I will say um, she's already mid-swing when she hears you, and but she's able to kind of pull up a little bit and so you're not clobbered but you are scooted off the bar and so you tumble to the ground but you're not catapulted to the door it's like you just got swept off the bar you tumble down uh but then afterwards she apologizes like oh i didn't know it was you i i, I would have i'm so sorry uh but can i make it up to you would you like something to eat or something to drink on the house <laughs> jess it's better than garbage she raises an eyebrow, like, I should hope so. 
And so she, uh, she puts a sandwich together because she knows that's your preferred meal. It is now canon that your preferred meal is sandwiches. Yeah. And vegetable soup and all the different joys of not garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, uh, I would actually like to uh, speak to Nusi real quick and, and ask a question to gather some information. I would like to ask Nusi, uh, so this druidic dominoes tournament that they had to clean up after last night, what, what, what was the, uh, what's the, what's the shade on this? Uh, I'm on gather information. I believe it's a plus wits roll is what it says. Mm-hmm. I believe that's correct. So I have, I rolled a two and I have plus two wits, which is four. And I, my lowest die is a three. My highest is a nine, which is a weak hit. Right. Yeah. On a weak hit, the information complicates your quest or introduces a new danger. And take one momentum, Errol. All right. All right. Uh, complicates your quest. I guess your quest is to find information on what happened. And so um, she will say to you, uh, I think I saw you there. And I think you know that it got out of hand with a lot of uh, wild shaping and... Uh, it became a little bit more hedonistic than we were encountering. Um, I think you missed a spot. I'm going to go ahead and have Nusa, uh, Nulasag assign you some more cleanup duties because I think you got out of it originally. You are a sneaky one. <laughs> so now the consequence for you as part of your quest is additional cleanup. You can take out the trash. Oh, I will, I will, uh, I will, uh... Begin gathering uh, dirty mugs and, and different dishes, and I'll take them to the back. Thank you. And she keeps, you know how bartenders do, polishing glasses to get them ready. That's what she's doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, as you are meandering, you see Nulasag walk with his little stepladder toward the corkboard, unfold it, put it on the ground, climb up it, put a new job on the board, and then descend the ladder close it up, and walk back up to his office. Mmm, delicious. Um, so, Deidre, a raccoon... Yes? ...is, well, a raccoon is hopping off of the bar stool and gonna walk past you, right? And look at you with a sandwich in one hand. Yes, what's so odd about that? And say... You know I'm from a space station. Did you not see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, it's kind of the reference. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, do do you want to look at jobs too? Yeah. I want to know. Let's... I would like to know where you got that sandwich. No, see another sandwich on the on the uh, on the bar. <laughs> I don't have any gold in my. I don't have any pockets. Is what I'm realizing. <laughs> I'm a raccoon, so I just say that, and I hope it works. <laughs> All right. She, um, well, is that a, are you that, requesting that something? Do you like need a roll. roll for that? Yeah. Probably. Is that what these relationship roles are for? I believe so. There is like age or ally and forge a bond. Am I compelling? I'd say you're charming or convincing in a compel. Okay. So let's do that. So oh, roll no. plus heart. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I add one to my two. So that's a... It's a three. Do you meet it to beat it in this game? No, you have to exceed it to beat it. Oh. The challenge dice will always win on a tie. 
on a a miss they refuse or make a demand which costs you greatly pay the price and pay the price is one of those bold words yes yeah so the most obvious negative consequence is she's uh she refuses your asking for another sandwich and she removes the half-eaten sandwich that you have already consumed part of out of your hands and says look i tried to do something nice and if, you, if this isn't enough for you, you don't even get that. And so she, she gobbles it down in one gulp. Your sandwich is gone. <laughs> this is a, the tough crowd around here. <laughs> I believe we should look into this job, <laughs> this job flyer. How are you feeling uh, before the adventure begins? Things are getting hostile up in here. So. Oh, my gosh. I'd say pack up and go home, but we she, are. <laughs> she, look, she looks at you, though, in kind of a loving yet stern way. It's like... I'm doing this to make you better. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, things are a little, there's a lot of tension in this room from all the cleanup they had to do last night. Maybe we should uh, see what this flyer's about. I'll go over and grab it off the cork board. All right. So um, because you have uh, a fire-breathing kitten's tattoo, the magic that is imbued within it allows you to decode the encrypted message and it reads as follows. Noble adventurers, I am in desperate need of help. My sister Anastasia has disappeared, and my attempts to find her have yielded nothing. If you can please pick up the case and help me find my only sister, I can pay you handsomely. Please come to my home in Elysian Fields. My address is uh, 11 Silver Spring Avenue. Signed, Jacqueline Glissant. Why is it always Elysian Fields? Should we be concerned with this neighborhood? Are you asking the Oracle this? No, no, no. She's asking the uh, okay. party members. Um, I mean, I know it's a wealthy neighborhood, but really, like, every crime just seems to be coming from there. We need to get a neighborhood watch over there. <laughs> uh, yes, it would be great if they had Monster Cade for All. Um, what was the name of the quest giver? Uh, Jacqueline Glissant, spelled G-L-I-S-S-A-N-T-E. And it w- the, ad- the address was 11 Silver Spring Avenue, correct? Correct, yes. Uh, she sounds like she has money. I am doing my best. I historically have a bazillion NPCs in my stories. Count along with us and see if we can uh, bring that to a minimum. So far, we're at one. Three. Wait, three? three? Nulasag doesn't count. He he passed through. (laughs) Nusi, Nulasag, Jacqueline, Anastasia. I'm only counting new ones. I appreciate (laughs) you only counting the new ones. Yeah, I'm only counting new ones. There's a lot of people that we will briefly see. Nusi is here all the time. She doesn't even count. She's like wallpaper at this point. The raccoon's ready to go. She's jumped up on the shoulders of Deidre. She's got her little raccoon paws and your flame red hair. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Shall we? I will Deirdre follow the raccoon. The Deirdre's walking out the door no matter what. So, uh, I assume she can find her way to Elysian Fields just, just fine. Oh, I assume so. Oh, there is a giant map by the job board. And since you're new, you may not have the proper lay of the land, but you're able to decode how to get there rather quickly. Perfect. 
And Ratatouille-like, I direct your steps. That works for me. Uh, yeah. uh, you get many looks on the way, especially as you enter Elysian Fields, which is a more posh neighborhood. Um, as you walk toward the address listed on the job flyer, you see a stately manor with well-manicured gardens. Um, there's a variety of old trees that are... That ha- there's brilliant flowers in the gardens, and uh, there's a sort of topiaries all over the place, and that really adds elegance to the home. And it's already architecturally, like, beautiful, but it's just kind of enhanced with all this uh, nicety. So, you are at the front door. Um, before, before we go in, I would like to uh, use one of my rituals here. Uh, it's called Sway. Uh, it's, I essentially uh, pluck a leaf from a tree nearby, and I whisper into the leaf, Jacqueline Glissant, Jacqueline Glissant, Jacqueline Glissant. And then I, I blow it upon the wind and it floats away. Uh, I will roll, it says I will roll plus wits. And on a strong hit, the wind whispers of this person's need. So it's a plus two. Uh, I failed. <laughs> Is it a miss or a weak hit? Wait, wait, wait. Hit? I'm, I'm sorry. I do get a plus one to on top of the plus two for wits. So it'd be four plus three is seven. But I'm still short. So it's a, I rolled a nine and a seven, and oh. I got a seven on my die. So that so would be... It's a miss. Yes, it says on a week... Uh, this ain't a week nothing. You failed. I know. <laughs> it doesn't say what happens on a failure. It just says on a weak hit. Uh, yeah, there might be no consequence. Yeah. It's one of your paths, right? I see. Yeah, uh, it's a ritual. Right. But like it's a thing you added to your character sheet to make you yes. better. Yes, that's correct. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably don't die from using it. Okay, so nothing happens. All right. <laughs> okay, listeners, just so you know, Iron Sworn has many asset cards that you can attach to your character as you level up. You can get abilities that way, and he's using one of them, and it details what happens when you get a strong hit or weak hit, or sometimes when you miss, but not in this case. So, uh, as you approach the door, I did fail to mention, there is the unmistakable sound of an orchestra playing a somber tune. Um, I... I will look to the others. Should we Should we knock? Ratatouille-like, I direct Teacher's hand up to the door. On we go. <laughs> so you're entering? Yeah, knocking. knocking. Okay, knocking. All right. Uh, your knock is swiftly met by a, what is obviously a butler, uh, dressed in full butler regalia, and um, he greets you and says, Oh, this way. And he shows you to where Jacqueline is. You go through many parlors. This is a very um, austere mansion. And as you walk in, the sound of the orchestra gets louder. And you can see a full orchestra playing in a room and Jacqueline kind of sitting and just taking it in. And uh, she... You assume it's Jacqueline. I should uh, back up. You see a woman... Uh, she is adorned in a well-tailored white dress with long sleeves. Um, she has a subtle white belt that matches the dress. And then the buckle has a, uh, a JG for a buckle. And then her hair is a deep brown, but it's, it's done up in a way to uh, accentuate some earrings that she's wearing that are white floral earrings that match the dress and dangle from each ear. And she looks a little crestfallen. My dear, what's wrong? Oh, company. How wonderful. Uh, 
I take it you're with the one of the adventuring guilds, is that is that correct? Well, of course, we're with the best adventuring guild. And Deirdre proudly displays her wrist with the Fire Breathing Kittens logo. Oh, yes, of course. Fire Breathing Kittens. I knew it when you said the best. Ah, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, uh, orchestra, please, um, give us a moment. And so they pause. They're playing. And, um, here, let me, let me take you to a more quiet room. So she takes you to, uh, she walks toward a room just off this tertiary parlor that's in her manor. Um, and she beckons you to follow. I follow. I would like to follow as well. Um, as we're doing this, I, would it be gather information to take a look and see what kind of objects we have here? Where could I just look? Do I need to make a roll for that? I'll say you can look. Uh, if it's, if you want to investigate, like dig further, that would probably be a roll. I'm just taking note of, uh, valuables and where everything is as we walk. Okay. So very well decorated, lots of vases, lots of um, like hutches with ornate silver pieces. Um, there's a couple of statues that go through the, the building that are marble. And so it's, it's very, but not overly ostentatious. Like it's tasteful, but it's clearly there are some expensive things in here, uh, some of which could be carried by hand uh, easily if that's where you're going. <laughs> But um, some of them would be heavier. And then to really investigate the, the true value or the quantity, you would need to roll. That, that's enough for me right at the moment. Okay. Uh, anybody else before we continue? I curl up around Deidre's neck like a really fancy muff. No, I am not trying to loot the place. We can continue. <laughs> All right. So uh, she sits down behind a desk. And she gestures to the three of you to sit in some seats that, that face the desk. And she says, Fire-breathing kittens, I'm so glad you came. I only submitted the request a day ago. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that you, you're here. Um, primarily, the mission that I've been trying to accomplish is to find my sister, Anastasia. As I've mentioned in the note, um, details around that, uh, you should know... I don't like to advertise this, which is why I, I beckoned you to this smaller room. But she is a bit of a kleptomaniac. And sometimes she goes off. She steals. And then we have to, we have to make it right with whomever she steals from. Um, this time is different. She disappeared, or she left, about two months ago. And she has yet to return. Usually it's only a week, maybe two, that she's missing. But two months seems excessive and... I did try to track her down, and the closest I could find was her trail goes cold in a town called Once Upon a Time, which is the most ridiculous name of a town I've ever heard, but it's a bit north northwest of here. And, um, she's there up until about a month ago, and then nobody has seen hide nor hair of her. I will also add that there is an heirloom that she took of ours, it belongs to the both of us, but we keep it in the manor, safe. But she stole it, and she's off somewhere. I don't know if she's fenced it or, or what she's doing with it, but I would also like the heirloom back, and I will pay you for both or either. If you can do one or the other, it makes no difference to me, but primarily my sister. If you were to prioritize one, please find my sister. The heirloom... Uh, oh, yes, go uh, ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, what is the heirloom? What does it look like? 
I guess it would be best described as a brooch. It is a... a bit of a rounded triangle, if you will. And there is a... it's made of a silver alloy that's not quite like any silver that we have today. And, um... set in the middle is a sapphire of just infinite clarity. And, um... normally, when she steals things around our house, we can easily replace it. I mean, we we are well-to-do. I don't mean to to brag, but we can make it right. But this, this is unique. This is a unique piece that I cannot replace. In fact, it is Albion made and very old. And I have some company coming next week, diplomats from Albion, who are very interested in seeing this. It's part of a set. And now the set is incomplete. So if, if you happen to come across it, I suspect she's stolen it, but maybe she has not. If you find it, please return and I shall pay you 10,000 gold for the heirloom, 15,000 for my sister. All right. And do you know if anything else in the house or anyone else in the house is missing? Um, it's as large as our house is. There's not too many people living here, just the servants who are very loyal and they, they don't seem to be missing. I, I, they haven't complained and they also are very good at reporting when they notice something is out of place. I do have a keen eye myself, but... I cannot, of course, inventory everything, but of course, the, the heirloom is significant, so that's why of it course. took my attention. Uh, but I, it could be, but I don't know, to be honest. No people, certainly, but possibly something or some things. Um, Jacqueline, uh, madam, we don't often do this, but a family of your stature... I believe that we can give you the Fire Breathing Kittens VIP package. However, I would like to know if there was any inciting incident between you and your sister that caused this kind of rift between you. And I'm uh, GM, I'm going to try and compel uh, okay. Jacqueline to get some inside information out of her. It's I'm going to use, since I'm lying <laughs> about the VIP package. Okay. Uh, I'm going to roll plus shadow. It makes sense. So I I rolled... Well, uh, so I have an ability trickster. Uh, if I compel by lying, I get a plus one. Uh, and I have plus three for shadow. So I rolled a four, which is plus eight. Oh, wow. But I rolled a five and a ten. So it's a, still a weak success. Okay. So on a weak hit, um, they'll do what you want or share what they know. But they'll ask something of you in return. So... But didn't she already ask something? Well, this is... Uh, she's asking for the main mission. But because of his question, she's now going to ask something further. So she, she considers your question and says, All right, I do consider myself something of a VIP. But I'm wary. This, not, this is not something I discussed with Nulisag. And so I'm... I'm hesitant. Normally, I would pay uh, half up front, but um, perhaps just a quarter. But I do expect the VIP treatment. Uh, about that, if there was any inciting incident between the two of you, that would be really great information to have for oh, yes. our investigation. Uh, as far as inciting, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit routine at this point. There's a cycle uh, where she... Uh, 
she believes the lie that she, her life is incomplete unless she steals something. So she's compelled by some part of her to go steal something, either something of ours, which is already hers and I don't understand, or something from the museum or, or the, the harbor, or so many different places. And then she comes to grips with the reality that she, of what she has done. And she, she falls into a, a mild depression when faced with the truth. There is a moment of lucidity, but then it just repeats and she feels incomplete again. And so I assumed it was the same cycle. It's a, it's a shame when people feel like they have to steal things from others to fulfill some hole in their life as if it's going to solve any problems. Agreed. I, I couldn't agree more. You're only shortcutting your own success. Is that, does that answer your question? Oh, and uh, by the way, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive my manners. I'm, I'm so bereft because of the loss of my sister. I did not get your names. Uh, Errol Corvid bow at your service. Yes, pleasure to meet you. Deirdre Halal. Oh, I love your hair. Thank you. Deirdre nudges the raccoon. <laughs> this is oh, a, stop it. This is our trained uh, investigation raccoon. Can find oh. any clues anywhere by scent. Fantastic. I normally just consider them pests that just consume rubbish. That We usually repel them, but as you know, things are just so... Morose here that I, I oh, didn't think twice. They're very, very misunderstood creatures. In fact, uh, do not be alarmed if you see it uh, circling your residence because we use it to collect clues for us at times. Truly. Well, uh, yes, um, she can have, he or she, I, I'm not an expert on raccoons, mind you. Uh, she can have full run of the house. Yes, she can be very misunderstood. Sometimes intentionally so. Uh, does your, uh, do you consider her a pet or part of your team? or what? How, how should I understand your relationship? Well, most of the time she's just a nuisance, but here she is. <laughs> yes, I know the feeling. Um, okay, well, if you need anything from me, I will say um, that there was about a month ago, as I said before, uh, the town once upon a time, it's an, an artist colony, a bit northwest of here. Uh, there's no trains that go there. They, they refuse to build any stations there, which I believe is so inefficient. But you can uh, take a carriage there. We, I can provide one for you if you choose. Uh, sure. All right. Um, is there anything else I can help you with? What do you guys uh, think? Should we maybe look around the, uh, the, the, the missing girl's bedroom before we it, leave? Maybe look for clues? I, Deirdre, I think you've got the correct idea. I definitely think we should investigate her bedroom for any clues before we leave. Yes, all right. Let me, um, I'll walk with you and I'll direct you to her room. And so it takes a while to get there. So uh, after about six minutes of walking, <laughs> you're outside her room. And uh, it's like, yes, uh, sorry, she, she chose the most remote room of all. I think she values her privacy quite a bit. Um... Here, let me get the key, and she opens the door. She insisted on installing a lock. I have no idea why, but, again, I, I, I choose not to misunderstand her. I just try to accept her and love her as a sister. She opens the door, and at first glance, what you see is kind of the same theme, but it's missing all the uh, valuables. Like, you don't see anything that stands out as valuable. You do see the bed, some columns that would display something, 
like a half column that would have a, a vase or something on top, but it's empty. Um, display cabinets that are empty. And um, it, it looks a little bit disheveled. Yes, I would, uh, as someone who has had a uh, past of collecting things that belong to others, I would like to do things like uh, look behind drawers, knock on the walls to see if there's any false panels. Uh, But essentially, I'm going to gather information. Perfect. Roll for gather information. Plus wits. Mm -hmm. I failed my gather information. Yeah, I failed too. (laughs) So, meaning you missed? I I got a three... And I rolled a five and a ten. Okay. So yeah. no hit. I have a two plus my one, and I rolled a three and a three on my d tens. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. Anonymous, so- your investigation unearths a dire threat or reveals an unwelcome truth that undermines your quest. Pay the price. So, so what did price. we find out about well, this the, lady? Go to the pay the price section. Oh God. Um, there is. Make the most obvious negative outcome happen. Envision two negative outcomes or roll on the table. Rolling on the table can be nice because it's just like that thing happens. So let's try that. I would like to exercise all the options of this game to see what it's like. And I think the listener would also kind of enjoy that. So go ahead and roll on the table. Or is that something I should do? It's up to you. It happens twice or once, depending on you, right? You choose. Since uh, you both missed i'll have you each roll a pay the price roll okay all right i need to find the pay the price somewhere i rolled a nine which says a person or community you care about is exposed to danger Hmm. and in in this situation i'm guessing it would probably just be the fire breathing kittens (laughs) great thanks that works i'm not (laughs) sure well i'm not sure how else you know like (laughs) yeah Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket for later in the story. Or your home community that you came from is experiencing a bad thing now in the background. Mm-hmm. Also an option. I gotcha. Deidre. I'm still looking for page 105. This is a very long what thing. What you can do is roll. Roll the D100, and we can, we can tell you what it says. Uh, 73, which right. is, it is stressful. Yes. So I think you do have uh, three categories of health, spirit, and supply. I think if you experience stress, your spirit goes down by one. All right. I will make I that change. That correctly. Yep. And when it hits zero, you just give up and go home. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, no. <laughs> so I'll say the way that works in a role-playing capacity is you're, there are so few clues, it's, it's frustrating to try to even know where to begin and you, it just, it agitates okay. you because... Actually, you have so, a raccoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I've got this pretender path that says, when I establish a false identity, roll plus shadow on a strong hit, I may add plus two when I make moves using this identity to deceive or influence others. But thankfully, they just agreed to give me full run of their mansion. So as Deidre starts to look around the room, I hop off the shoulders of the red-haired alien and who looks fairly human, and I was given free reign, so I start sniffing around, and I follow my nose. I'm not sniffing for garbage, though. I'm sniffing for the servant 
that has the most metal in their room. So I'm sniffing for rooms with lots of metal. Ooh. Okay. Um, residence rooms. Small the, residence rooms. You, you. It's a little bit difficult to glean because there's so much silver and gold everywhere. Uh, however, when you look at, when you confine it to the residence rooms, like you're saying, the butler that greeted you at the door previously uh, has a collection of uh, antique watches behind a cabinet that are silver and gold. And you're now in the butler's room sniffing around his um, pocket watch cabinet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I go under his bed and I wait. Okay. <laughs> do, do your, does your team know that you're there? Um, I didn't speak to them, but I hope that they leave the mansion without me. I know to meet them back at the guild hall or once upon a time or just outside the building or just like, yeah, I should have made a plan. You know what? Can I retcon? <laughs> yes. Because I think we're getting into a carriage to once upon a time. Yeah. Oh. As I leave the room, I say, I'll meet you in once upon a time. Don't mind me. <laughs> and I hop off your shoulders. I'll meet you there. I say, and I'm I'm in the butler's room under the bed i'm just gonna eavesdrop for like a day and eat a payday candy bar (laughs) (laughs) cool all right i'll show up later yeah that that sounds like a good plan potentially all right you guys continue on with your adventure (laughs) all right all right well are we ready to proceed to once upon a time uh no go ahead i was gonna say just for clarification it's spelled H-W-A-N-T-Z, Juans, upon, and then a time is a river. So it's a city on a river, like those English folks do. Anyway. Like Shireford upon Emu? Exactly. Yes, that's on a river also. <laughs> All, right, All right. So we are not going to a city with a clock tower and the blonde woman in a red coat. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So... Um, both Deidre and Errol are getting in the carriage, I assume? Yes, yes. I, I will gladly get in the carriage. Okay. Can so I make you, a gather information roll uh, yep. just in case I get anything good before the carriage leaves? Sure, absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, I think sniffing for metal was pretty obvious given your skill set, but if you want to dig any further, that probably would take a roll. Infiltrator, when I move to breach, traverse, or hide within an area held by an enemy or a butler, add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. All right. When you gather information within an enemy area to discover their positions, plans, or methods, or when you secure an advantage within blah, blah, you may roll plus shadow instead of plus wit if you do take a momentum on a hit. So that is a strong hit to infiltrate. I beat both my dice um, because I rolled a four. And then there's a six and a one on the dice, so that's nine beats, six and one. Excellent. So I super infiltrate, I get a momentum, and then a while later, I gather information, um, and it says, Pretender, when on a strong hit, which I just got, I may add plus two and I make moves using this identity to deceive or influence others, so I'm gathering information with a plus two because of my Pretender. And that's good, because, oh no. (laughs) Darn, these dice are... Not cooperating <laughs> with my storytelling. Um, I got a seven after adding a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. compared to a nine and a ten. Oh, so it does not say I'm what under happens their with bed the eating a payday when when um, the butler walks in and looks a little sad. I think the the orchestra music with the sad 
there's like sadness emanating because Jacqueline is kind of compelling, like, hey, we're supposed to be sad, we're going to be sad. And it's affecting the butler. And so he shows up in the room and he, he just kind of plops down in the chair and he goes, oh, I hope we find Madame Anastasia soon. This is getting ridiculous. And then he smells peanuts, crunch. which is an odd. Yeah. yeah. And then he hears <laughs> the crunch. And so he whips around thinking, oh, no, not vermin again. <laughs> and so he goes to his closet, which is well stocked with cleaning supplies, as you can imagine. Uh, he goes past the various handkerchiefs and uh, dusters, and he finds a broom. And apparently this is going to be a theme of the episode. He uh, kind of, he, he holds his broom with two hands, and he's like sneaking around his room as silently as he can to try and pick up the source of the, the scent and the crunch. Crunch. Aha. He dives down, looks under the bed, sees you, and says, You are found! And he just, uh, he tries to sweep you out from under the bed and would continue to chase you out of his room at the very least, if not out of the house. But let's go ahead and treat it as we did, like, with uh, the bar scenario, if you would like to roll. Nah, I I joined my friends in the carriage. It'll be hard for me to continue to observe this person and listen to their dastardly plans for Anastasia, which they didn't have, um, now that I am discovered. So, I, you know, I, I crossed the butler off my list. The butler didn't do it. And I head out to the carriage, and I, like, run up and grab onto the carriage, uh, maybe, like, to the horse's tail right as it takes off. And then I jump onto the place where the person sits in front of it and then crawl my way to the window where I, I like, like look sadly at them. <laughs> okay. Does, does that require a roll of any kind? You did quite a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Let's see that fail. What do you want me to roll? I'm trying to think. No, I don't think you did anything. I'm looking at the relationship moves and the adventure moves. Nothing seems to apply unless you face danger by climbing on a horse in motion and scared the horse. But we'll just say you were swift enough that that wasn't an issue. Ironsworn, a game where you can just ninja a bit. <laughs> as, as our friendly raccoon returns into the cabin, I'm, I'm talking animatedly to Deirdre. <clears throat> and, and that's how we ended up fighting a troll in in a bathroom stall. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this story before. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have some time. It's a bit of a long journey via carriage. So you have a bit of time to discuss or talk. Um, or we could just fast forward to when we get there. The butler did not do it. Well, I think so far we don't know that anyone did anything, per se. Did you find any other people named after condiments? <laughs> no. <guess> not. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Horseradish must not have been home. <laughs> um. right. So what should we do next? Oh, does anyone want to want to play uh, a, a traveling game? I, I'm up for it. All right. I spy something with my little eye that starts with the letter T. Easy. Eh, eh, eh. Tree. Do you want to roll for gather information, uh, Krista? Are you looking for tea things? It is not a tree. 
Do you want me to tell you? No, no. Is it a, a turnip? I'm hungry. No, but it could be something you could eat. It could use a trim. I'm going to say that this game lasts the entire ride <laughs> because Krista is just naming things and just not quite getting there. And Deidre's super patient, like, no, not that's not exactly. quite it. And giving more and more and more clues. And so you are, you are coming upon, you can see the town in the distance. And so back to the game. Yes, we've tried this so very hard, and you've done so well. But no, the answer is the uncut toenail peeking out of our friend's boot there. There's a hole in it. <laughs> Why would you suggest I eat that? Oh, my God. You're a raccoon. <laughs> oh, gross. And she's an alien. Maybe that's their thing. <laughs> oh, my I've, gosh. I've been meaning to give them a replace. That's why I'm on the job. <laughs> We all need money. <laughs> oh, and just a little bit of retcon. I mentioned it earlier. I don't know if it was recorded. Uh, based on the conversation that Errol had with Draculin, uh, you have a quarter of each uh, reward up front. So you, you have some gold with you. So 2500 for the heirloom and uh, 3750 gold for the sister. I do not have pockets. <laughs> And I can carry about a pound. So. I'll hold it for you. Thank oh, you. Oh, wait. So is this not a wild shape thing? What? I was supposed to be turned into a frog. But, you know, I shrug my raccoon shoulders. I do not, but okay. I, I think I think this raccoon uh, form can really work for you. I am the knight. <laughs> <laughs> and I like pose. Yes, you are. Vicious. <laughs> So as you approach the town, you see uh, the sparkling water of the Atime River flowing gently toward this collection of uh, eclectic but really beautiful buildings. And much of the architecture is reminiscent of the older sections of Nicomoy. And it's um, where even the smallest structure is this synthesis of function and aesthetic, like really nice, but it, it makes sense. And at the edge of the perimeter of the village, uh, what is kind of a dirt road starts to become a mosaic of paving stones that colorfully lead toward the center, toward the direction of the center of the village. And as you are getting to that transition in road, you see a banner over the road. And it, it's currently raised and says, Silver Moon Festival is here. Um, as we approach, uh, Errol is turned away from... <laughs> from Krista and Deirdre, and he's got a... Small knife, and he's self-consciously trimming his toenails. <laughs> his face turning red with embarrassment. I think you're going to have to roll for that. <laughs> this seems dangerous. You could hurt yourself. Face danger is a roll. <laughs> I, I would hope I can handle trimming my toenails. <laughs> it, well, let's see with what it reads. It says, when you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat, envision your action and roll. And if you act with speed, charm, aggressive action, deception, or expertise, um, you'll roll different modifiers. I would say you're an expert at trimming your toenails. <laughs> Appar <Maybe>. Apparently not. <laughs> or precision if you want to use edge. Oh boy, you guys, we're rolling stats for toenail trimming. All right, I was having fun, but no, we no, can I, skip that. I'm, no, I, I'm, I, 
I'm not trying to interfere in your toenail cutting fun. I'm forcefully (laughs) trimming my toenails. Forcefully. Okay, (laughs) give me a roll. Okay. Uh, It's a weak hit. I got a five, and I rolled a three and an eight. Okay, so you succeed, but face a troublesome cost. And I will say you face a new danger delayed. Yes, you face a new danger, suffer minus one momentum, and the danger you face is you've cut it a little too short, and now you run the risk of it like, you know how when you cut a toenail too short on the side, it can start getting really painful later, like in a day or so. Becoming an that ingrown is about toenail. To happen. Yes. Risk for infection. Mm-hmm. So in a day or two, unless that's looked at, you're going to get an ingrown toenail, and it's going to be painful. Uh, some dangerous, dangerous things happen on the road. Well, the, the road was bumpy. What? You should have waited until you were seated in a stationary... Anyway, I don't mean to direct what you're doing. Uh, well, kind of. So, you see the banner. You're at the edge. Uh, the horse and carriage stop, and the driver's like, Uh, so, we're at the town. Do you want to... want us that we go in? Or do uh, you want me to let you off here? What, what would you prefer? Let's go in. And when you emerge from the carriage, there's a raccoon on your shoulders. <laughs> All right, so you take the, you follow the colorful mosaic road toward the center of town. And as you approach, there's this large main plaza that you get to. And so the area around the main plaza is this mix of colorful homes and stylish shops and really large trees that are, that are in bloom. Um, and then you also see people excitedly setting up for what looks to be a festival. Uh, the center of the plaza is dominated by a peculiar fountain. And then in front of the fountain, they're setting up a main stage. And then flanked on either side of the stage are just like these lines of booths of all kinds of um, items. So food, crafts, souvenirs, uh, novelty, acts. And so, but it's, it's in the process of setting up and merchants are putting out their wares. And you can see people practicing like there's a there is a booth that says uh, transfiguration. There's a booth that says um, costumes. Uh, there's everything on a stick, and so you have many options. Uh, with a little bit of our spare gold, I'd like to grab three of the most popular anything on a stick options. Okay. Um, so <laughs> maybe four because one is rapidly consumed by a raccoon. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Because you are in a an artist colony, and a majority of the populace here is uh, vegetarian slash vegan, uh, the most popular is a zucchini on a stick, but deep, uh, it, it it is fried, so oh. breaded, fried zucchini on a stick. So you get four of those. I I approve of fried zucchini. So yes, four fried zucchini on a stick, and I will pass them out. Two to the raccoon, and one for me and Deirdre. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, while while I'm doing that, actually, uh, I will speak to the 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 fried zucchini vendor. All right. Uh, and I will attempt to gather information. I'm going okay. to ask uh, them. Uh, 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 pardon me. Uh, uh, is it a the individual in front of me? What's their appearance? Uh, I'd say the anything on a stick vendor is a half elf dressed in very plain robes with an apron on, knowing that they're going to get a lot of uh, residue on their apron. 
Uh, no hat, short hair, uh, black hair with um, brown eyes, kind of like honey-colored eyes, and very gregarious. Like, he's very excited to, hey, yeah, please come into my booth. This is uh, wonderful. I would like you to have whatever you want. Uh, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, chef. Uh, these these zucchini on a stick look delightful. Uh, but I, I did ha- have a question of if you had... If you had encountered an individual named Jacqueline Glissant? The Jacqueline Glissant? I heard of her, but I never encountered her. She she's she lives in that fancy neighborhood in Nicomore, right? Uh, that that's correct. We are uh, looking for any clues as to her whereabouts. Oh, I imagine she's still in her... Ma- are you, do you mean Anastasia, her sister? Oh, I am so sorry. Yes. No problem. Anastasia. We're going to rewind. Glissant. It's like... I think she's related to Jacqueline Glissant, the uh, olive oil baron. Uh, I use all Glissant olive oil in my my cooking here, just so you know. Um, Let me think about that. You know, I think I did see her about a month or two ago. I can't remember exactly. It was, so this festival, the Silver Moon Festival, it happens every month during the full moon. And so it's it's a party. Everybody has a good time. And, I don't know, I, I sell a lot of my wares, and it's very nice. So, I can imagine she, she may have shown up for the festival because she heard how great it was. I don't know, I saw her from a distance, but she never came to my booth. So, that's, that's the best I can say, but I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, did you see anywhere she might have been to in the area, or mm. any person she might have encountered? I want to say, I don't have perfect recall... Uh, I'm not a bartender, after all. But, uh, she wasn't on our side of the booze. Like, I saw her across the way. And that's more like the, uh, the craft area. And I think the mayor has a booth to kind of advertise the town a little bit. So, it was somewhere over there. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, let's go. Let's head over there. All right, you head over to the other set of booths. People are setting up. Um, the ones that are most immediate are, uh, there's a costume booth. There's uh, the mayor's information booth. There's uh, a political booth that's uh, anti-adventuring guild. And then there's, um, let me see what else can I add here. What is an anti-adventuring guild? Oh, uh, well, you can go check it out if you want. And then there's a, a music class booth for those that are interested in learning about how to play instruments. Uh, those are the only ones open right now because they're still setting up. Can you read that list again? Because that's a lot of... Sure. Yeah. I, I kind of made it up off the top of my head. So oh. here we go. Co- costume. Uh, mayor's booth for information on the town. Uh, anti-adventuring political booth. And then music lessons. All right. Let's go take some music lessons. <laughs> that sounds like something a runaway rich girl would do. Yeah. All right. You go to the music shop and uh, you see somebody setting out different instruments. He sees you pulling up. It's like, uh, we're not open yet, but uh, I'd be more than happy to help you. What, uh, what can I do for you? Uh, I'm, go ahead. I'm actually interested. Uh, uh, where I'm from, uh, we, we call it the turkey neck. Uh, there's a very uh, popular instrument 
we call it a, a jaw harp. Do you happen to have any of those? Mm, as a matter of fact, we do. Uh, we don't get too much call for that, but I do have three here. Right with me. Um, here, let me get them. And he, he grabs a case, opens them up, shows them to you. And he's waiting for if your approval or, or not. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm actually a famous adventurer with the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild. Oh, um, get out of town. That's great. I would be willing to give you a discount on your next service from us. Mm. If you could cut me a deal on this jaw harp. I, I don't know. How many adventures have you been on? Uh, about 25. Ooh, that's, and how successful have you been with those 25 adventures? Uh, very, very successful. Oh, well then. Um, I would actually like to make a compel roll for this. Yes, I think Mm -hmm. that would be appropriate. Because I'm lying. Why did you, can I just ask why in a town with a political anti-adventuring guild movement, you went with I'm an adventurer? Like, Uh, that's that's several booths down. Okay. (laughs) Don't worry. No, I did. It didn't even cross my mind, to be honest with you. I completely blanked the anti-adventuring when I walked in here for some reason. Can I, like, give you advantage by helping you by saying, no, let him roll. Let him roll. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I get a... The rolls seem hard to pass in this game. Yeah, they really are. You don't want to roll in this game. <laughs> but you only roll when something is not trivial. Yeah. Like, if you can do something that's trivial, it's not a big deal. But he's trying to worm his way into a discount, which, at a festival, is not trivial. <laughs> So I get I get a plus one uh, if I'm lying, uh, and I rolled a five, and my shadow is plus three, so I've got a plus nine. I've got a nine, and I rolled a four and a nine, so okay. I get a weak success. Okay, so they'll do what you want to share what they know. You get one momentum, and then but they'll ask something of you in return. So I'll say it'll be a mild negotiations like look festivals aren't really where i do contract works how about we iron this out in a formalized contract so i know you're not trying to swindle me i see the tattoo but let's just keep this on the up and up so i could you know talk to your management if necessary i'm not saying that i don't believe you but i've been i've been taken in before does that work for you uh, that, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so he, he whips out, he happens to have many of these types of contracts, puts it on the table, say, please sign here. <laughs> uh, I will sign it, um, Thomas Underhill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and so he looks at it and says, All right, Mr. Underhill, uh, what, I, I will offer you a 20% discount on... Any mouth harp you choose. Uh, I would like this one here. It's got these bronze accents. Oh, great choice. And so the transaction occurs. You now have a mouth harp and you're lighter, a little bit gold. And uh, you've now forged a contract with this man, which he does not realize just yet. (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, 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 sir, have you you heard or uh, encountered an Anastasia Glissant in the area recently? Anastasia. Glissant. Do you know what she looks like? Uh, out of character. Did anybody write down her description? Because I did not. Did we get a description? I think so, but I don't remember. 
I think uh, you got a description of what Jacqueline looks like. Yeah, so sisters usually look mm-hmm. alike, so I'll just tell you, she has deep brown hair. And brown Do eyes, you have too, she? anything else to go on? I mean, I have brown hair. She's a kleptomaniac. She would be probably fairly oh, known around yeah. town. Okay, yeah, I encountered her about a month ago. Uh, apparently she was trying to lighten my wares a bit, and, uh, she was talking about sanctuary. She just needed to be safe. Um, I know the mayor knows something about that, but I I just tried to get my harp. She actually stole the type of harp that you just bought. The one that you bought is the one that she tried to steal. I don't know if... She has good taste. I guess. She knows that that's the best seller, and she could probably uh, fence it for a good price. But if I were you, I'd talk to the mayor. Duly noted. Thank you. Okay, now as we walk away from the mouth harp booth that (laughs) Anastasia tried to steal, um, we're outside, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and it is, I would say, late afternoon. Do I spy with my little eye trees? Oh yeah, there are trees all in the plaza, for sure. Is there a tree over the mayor's booth? We'll say yes. Cool. The mayor has a booth? Yeah, I wrote it down. Mayor's booth. He's oh, okay. he's advertising. You can see on the banner of the booth, like, information about once upon a time. So here's right. my proposal is, as my infiltrator skill, when I gather information within an area to discover their positions, plans, or methods, or when I secure an advantage, I can roll shadow if I do take a momentum, and when I establish a false identity, roll plus shadow on a strong hit on my head plus... I think that I think the pretender thing is once, once only, right? And then that establishes my identity. So, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know how this works. This is a I'm weird I'm not game. sure, but we can, go, we can go with that. Okay, should I roll for the pretender to see how good of a raccoon in a festival I climb a tree as? Am I, am I succeeding in climbing a tree and nobody's being like, let's eat that raccoon for dinner? I think <laughs> as a raccoon, I think you would have no problem climbing a tree. Okay. And so I, I won't make you roll for that. So I just have a false identity. Okay, so that means yeah. I can add plus two when I make moves using this identity to deceive others. So when I move to breach and hide within an area held by an enemy, I can add one from infiltrator and plus two from being a raccoon? Yeah, that works. Holy cow, I have a plus six then. Okay, let's roll this. Let's roll this gather information. All right, this is exciting. Being a raccoon is so, great. Oh, I got so a six on the dice. that's how you get rolls. Holy moly. Yeah, and I, I got plus six to that. So, so I literally everything. can't... <laughs> You can't yeah. lose, baby! Can't lose. Be a raccoon. Hide in a tree. Okay, so gather so, information. I'm going to, um, on a strong hit, I discover something helpful and specific that clears up the path I must take or action, path I must follow or action I must take to make progress. So I'm going to listen to the mayor and hear something specific that tells me what path to go on next. Okay. Also, Let me think about how that's, oh, go ahead. Being in a tree is great. There's nobody trying to eat you like dogs or bobcats, you know, and there's, you know, there's no garbage up here. It could be better. But yeah. thankfully, I have this zucchini on a stick. <laughs> Two of them. Well, I guess you chowed down yeah, on I one did. of them already. Okay. <laughs> so I will say you're camping out above the mayor's tent and he, you, at first you hear him greeting clearly people that are from out of town. Like there, there is a very festooned way that people dress in town. They're very uh, iconoclastic and artistic and it's not typical dress. 
And then you see other people that are visitors from surrounding communities or Nicomoy. But then you also note, um, while you're watching the mayor, there are some people that look out of place. And they're, they're very almost paranoid. And they come to the, the mayor and they do a, a weird handshake. And then they put their heads closer to each other. And there's an exchange of whispers. And then there's a nod. And then those people leave. I would say northeast. Noted. Okay. So the path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is clear. Um, I... How do raccoons fall out of trees without taking damage like squirrels do? Let's find out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hop from the tree and kind of like flying squirrel, you know, spread my arms and legs. Uh, and I notice there's no mechanics for ninja stuff in this game. Right? Um, there's not. I would say edge might be the closest. That would be a dexterity. It's not a move. That's true. <laughs> You're right. So I ninja my way out. I'm doing this wrong. Hey, all the listeners are going to be like, you definitely should have rolled this. Anyway, but, um. There, I mean, it would, could that be like a combat or? No. No, because it's not. I, I actually noticed that when I was try- thinking about stealing something, there's no like. Yeah. Stel- there's no like sleight of hand or anything. No. I just ninja well, Or my even way like out a face there. danger because you're falling out of a tree. Yeah. There has to be a role for this. Why? Um, so anyway, it's not that dangerous. I doubt falling out of a tree I, could I kill I catch the, the raccoon, raccoon and place it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This isn't dangerous. Okay, so I'm like, northeast! And then everyone looks at the talking raccoon. <laughs> I'm being held by a half-elf, right? You're a half-elf? Uh, halfling. 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 Okay, maybe okay, I'm, so... I landed on the halfling and went squish. It's possible. <laughs> so I will say that a passerby heard you. And uh, she looks up, and you can tell there's recognition in her face. At the sound of your voice, there's a look of recognition on this lady's face. And she says, Clarissa? Oh, my God. And you know this lady as Bree Tate. <laughs> oh, man. Um... She, she walks over to Errol, who's holding a raccoon, and she's like, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Um, is there um, is there a visible um, look of discomfort on this <laughs> raccoon's face? <laughs> eh, I say uncomfortably. Eh, I my life has eh, led me to some poor choices. I am now a raccoon. I how are you doing? You must be well. How are the kids? Oh, I. Well, if you need help, I'm. I'm no, totally... no, no, no. Are you sure? I mean, we, we couldn't have been closer. So, and then she turns to um, Errol. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Bree. Uh, I used to be Clarissa's neighbor. And, uh, oh my gosh, we just had such a best time. And uh, so my husband, Larry, worked with her husband. How is he, by the way? I feel we like seen you, you guys in forever. doing this on purpose. I, he, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't, you really don't know? Uh, no, you moved away. um, Yeah. A while ago, and then we just kind of lost touch, and I got so wrapped up, and we have three kids now with, and she points at her belly, with one on the way, and, um, my costume business is taking off, 
and my husband thinks, you know, I should get into acting, and I don't know, I'm a little bit nervous about it, but it's exciting, right? Oh, yes, you should uh, definitely get into acting. There is a lot of money in that for everybody who acts. You are very wealthy afterwards. Um, no, but enough about me. I don't mean to, to hog your time. What about you? How are you? This, uh, this is my friends Errol and Deidre. Hello. I'm, I'm so happy to meet you both. I will pull off my hat and say, uh, Errol Corvidbow, at your service. And Deidre, obviously. I, <laughs> I was not always an adventurer. I used to, uh... I used to be friends with Bree, and, you know, we would uh, go out for a beer before the... F- and I look at her belly, the fourth, you know. Um, you know, every every Thursday, and I look at my raccoon hands, and I, like, you know, raccoon hands don't move great. They look really alien and awful. And I'm, like, moving my fingers together. Oh, honey. And she kind of... Um, she's not sure how to approach you, but she just tries to gently pick you up out of Errol's hands and just kind of hug you. It's like, I didn't know you were an adventurer. I mean, that explains the raccoon shape. I know adventurers get into all kinds of stuff. Um, do you want to hang out sometime? I mean, maybe you can get a beer and I can get sparkling water or something. (laughs) Bree, I am a raccoon now. Um, I would love to hang out with you, but I don't think I can drink beer. But, I, you know, you've got your family. You've got your life. I, you, um, you know, I'm glad you're doing well. Well, well thank you. Um, it sounds like there may be trouble in paradise or something. I don't know, but if you ever need a place to stay, our place is open. We, we li- we're out of Nicomoy, but we come here every month for the festival. Oh, oh, you know, I... I sure, and I would never, ever take her up on that. Um, but I say sure. Oh, I need you to roll a compel, because you're lying. See, we're learning the rules. <laughs> ha ha ha. Um, yeah, I guess this is plus shadow. And then you are uh, an infiltrator, so you're. I, got I don't know a if it works on. Hit. Um, so. They ask for something of me in return? Um, yes. So she agrees that you'll get together. She believes you, but she's like, Now, I remember the when, uh, right before y'all moved, that you were, you were kind of distancing yourself from everybody, and I was concerned. I didn't want to say anything, and, but let me write down your address. I want, I want, let me know where I can find you, Nicomoy, and I'll come to you. Oh, man. And give her my address. Okay. Is it like the guild hall or your actual address? I have an actual address. Okay. She she takes it and says, It was so great to see you. And if you really, if you need anything, me or Larry would would love to help out. I'm I'm okay, really. I I I I I'm a raccoon, clearly. Right. And she kinda she kinda has a grimace, like she knows you're putting up a brave front. But she loves you anyway, and she'll... She's like, I understand. But we're here for you, okay? Don't forget. Thank you, and guys. If you, need- you know, I... You guys are always so nice to me. Well, we're friends. Yeah. And I give you a zucchini on a stick. Do you oh. have a good day at the festival, Bree? I was craving one of these. This is so great. 
And she, she takes it down as ravenously as you took that first one down. <laughs> Gosh. All right, I got to get back to customers, but let's catch up, please, please. I would love to catch up with you. Okay, at the bar on Thursday, I'll well, be a person again then, I probably. Okay. No, wait, well, not with the, I, I, how do we, because uh, she's pregnant. I've just proposed drinking to a pregnant lady, no, so I just look so awkward. They, they have other things at the bar, silly. Don't worry. You can have non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah, non-alcoholic spirits. She knows what's going on. <laughs> Jess, we can meet up for the puzzle competition night when everybody gets <gasps> a puzzle and they put the puzzle together at the fastest uh, four teams gets a pizza. Perfect. It's a date. <laughs> okay. We'll have fun adventuring. I don't know what that's like, but uh, you I, know, I'm at this booth every month. Okay. I, I Say hi to the kids for me. I will. We named our daughter Clarissa. Oh, God. (laughs) After me? Well, of course. You're the closest person to me in the whole wide world. It's so great to catch up with you again. Yeah. You'll have to see her. She's she's starting to take music lessons. You're from that guy over there at the the booth. Keep her safe. It must be so nice to reconnect with your best friend. (laughs) <laughs> um, just normally normally it'd be very nice you know what uh, and she's selling costumes yes Deidre the raccoon mm-hmm. is handing out a paw for a stack of gold I give her a stack of gold hey make Clarissa a good uh, costume from me her godmother <gasps> oh and she just kind of she blushes a little bit she's like you got it girlfriend Perhaps, uh, if I could recommend, perhaps a raccoon costume. <gasps> she would love that. Oh, and then it would be just kind of our little secret. That would be great. <laughs> Jess, I would definitely be back to my normal self on a Thursday. Okay. Def- well, definitely. I, I hope it's a sooner Thursday than later. <laughs> oh, I gotta go. Everybody's sorry. I got customers. Please, let's catch up. See and you then, then she walks away. <laughs> Hmm. Northeast, everybody. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's go. <laughs> Onward. So as you um, begin to travel, like your your experience in the, the plaza as people are setting up, it's getting darker. And uh, it's, it's about sunset as you start traveling northeast. Um, once you get there, it, it kind of you go up a hill a little bit. It's outside of the town. You're leaving the town. Um, you don't really see anything of note in the town as you walk. So, but as you get to the top of the hill, you see down below uh, what appears to be the ruin of a very old building. Like it's, it was something, but now it's gone. But in front of the ruin, you see a pristine set of arches that are connected. So five arches. And um, in the distance, it's getting dark, so it's a little bit harder to see. Uh, You see some figures kind of looking around the arches. And with that, we will take our break. So, joining us today were Errol. Oh, my toe is starting to bleed again. (laughs) Krista. (laughs) I can't. Oh, God. Yep. (laughs) And Deidre. He should really do something about that toe. Feed. Uh, review? 
Oh, yes, that's right. We have a review today. Uh, let me just pull that up here. Uh-huh. And our review is from KyleXY89. They must really have a thing with men with no belly buttons. And <laughs> it's an old reference. I didn't pick it. And they would like to tell us that they have thoroughly enjoyed all of the crud and crud accompaniments, is what they said. That's misspelled, but that's fine that have progressed throughout the show. Seeing this character in all of its forms, every episode and every season has been a joy, and I hope he, they keep coming. Well, thank you. Wow, nice. <laughs> thank you, Kyle XY89. Uh, bye. 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 Today's mid-episode shout-out is from D-Y-L-P-I-V, who says, quote, have you heard about the Shoestring Strangler? It's a murder mystery. Come along on an adventure with Zongzi the Dreamscape Detective. Get twisted tonight and download your copy directly from Amazon. Search Amazon for Shoestring Strangler. End quote. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with Buy Me a Coffee. Amazon and Audible has paperback, ebook, hardcover, and audiobook adaptations of our adventures, too. Lastly, we don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. Is there an episode that would make someone you know smile? Tell them about it. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. We are playing Iron Sworn, or trying to at least. So, to give you a recap of what has happened so far, uh, I'm going to select at random, Errol, can you briefly summarize our adventures so far? Uh, after the raccoon got hit by a broom in the guild hall, uh, we chose to leave the newly cleaned guild hall tavern uh, in order to seek some employment somewhere. Uh, we were tasked with meeting a Jacqueline Glissant uh, who told us that her kleptomaniac sister had gone missing with a prized heirloom, which was a brooch. Uh, which uh, apparently she had absconded with it to a place called Once Upon a Time, uh, where we went to seek her out. Um, we managed to get some fried zucchini, which was very pleasant. Um, and then someone recognized our friend Krista, uh, who, who we learned is also known as Clarissa, and there was a bit of an awkward conversation, and um, and that's about where we ended. Thank you very much, Errol. So, um, when we last left you, you were leaving the Moon Festival, heading northeast, and you've encountered, you can see from a distance, the ruins of an old building with some movement of, it's definitely a person in the distance, uh, walking around the set of five arches. Do we see anything about this person? You see him examining... Well, from a distance, him? it's getting dark. It's kind of hard to see. He's looking at them. He's. You can see him going through uh, the arches in kind of a pattern. Um, so he's. it seems like he's just going in and out like a, like you would sew. Just, but it's not exactly as you would imagine. And so... 
I will say, if you're observing him, I assume this is what you're doing, there is a sequence that he's doing, but it doesn't seem to do anything. He's just kind of walking through this pattern. Um, I will actually uh, approach this individual, and I will say, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, I, I I was wondering uh, if you had seen a brown a brown-haired woman Can uh, coming this way. Can we talk as a party about some information? Let's just like just I don't want to interrupt you. That's fine. I'll back up. I do want to say um paranoid, out of place, weird handshake with the mayor, doing a ritual around stone arches, northeast of town during a major festival. <laughs> you sure you want to say hi? <laughs> uh we got to lean into what Errol would do. Whatever w- you want to do. Just reminding you of that information. Missing girl, <laughs> well, <laughs> valuable heirloom. Well, I had I had two ideas. One was to approach and ask for information. The other, I was going to potentially attempt to stealth, but then I didn't know what I would do afterward. So would you like to try and sneak up and apprehend them, perhaps? I'm torn because ordinarily I would say if it goes poorly, we can take them. But with this battle system, we probably can't. <laughs> there are three of you. Or um, two and a half. How about, how about Krista? We both stealthily approach and observe from a closer. Would you like to attempt that? And if it goes bad, we'll club him over the head or something? Metagaming, I do have a plus six to my stealth because I'm a raccoon. So maybe I should get some info, gather information, but I mean, I don't want to exclude you guys. I'm not like trying to play this game solo. Although for the listeners, you could play Iron Sworn solo. Okay. Okay. Here, here's, here's my proposal, uh, Krista. How about I will try to secure an advantage by accompanying you from, from a further distance as backup in case you are discovered. Wait. With that. Let's let's come up with a plan here first. You're going to sneak up. What exactly are you going to try to learn from the sneaking? What are we hoping for? The GM said that the man was muttering to himself, right? Or am I making that up? You, I don't, I think he was like examining the arches and then walking amongst them. But I don't, from your distance, you wouldn't be able to hear anything at this moment. And was it a group of figures looking around the arches or was it one man? Uh, it was one man at the festival that you noticed, but when you made it to this ruin area, you do see three individuals. One is kind of trying to figure something out you would imagine. Okay, so there's three people. But but it's a, a man and then what looked to be two young children. Okay. Okay, so there's a man and two young children walking around these arches. Well, the the children are just sitting and watching, and the man is trying to figure it out, based on what you can observe from a distance as it gets ever darker. So I'm thinking for right now, you could try to sneak forward and see what you can glean just from the mutterings. And then if we want to do something else, if that's not really helpful, after that, I'm thinking we could always try a distress kind of thing. I could do a damsel in distress kind of, th- or a, a, a distraction. I could do a damsel in distress kind of bit, and we'll see if we can get his guard down. Yeah, there's an ager ally on page 76. Uh, it's page 7 of my alphabetical moves. When you mm-hmm. secure an advantage in direct support of an ally, 
um, they can get the benefits. So if you want to help me, you can. So there's a mechanical way to do that. And you can, we could also try to forge a bond with these people. So like, let's say I'm an adorable raccoon. Um, Especially for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Forge a bond is, let me double check what stat that is. Because in the Powered by the Apocalypse system, you want to do your strengths. That is plus heart. That's not my strength. Mine is mine is heart. Hmm. Okay. So I think my strongest metagaming, my strongest stat move is to gather information within an enemy area with infiltrator while also using um, the pretender to be a raccoon. That is my strongest. Okay. So that's what I can offer you guys. Anything you can offer the party? Uh, we could murder people here, but there's two children, so I don't want to do that. And what seems like they're dead. I don't want to kill their dad. What do you think? Gather information? Uh, we can. I will say I do have honor bound, which uh, it when I secure an advantage or compel by telling a hard truth, um, I do get an extra plus one. So if we are going for the advantage thing, it'll be a little stronger. Okay. If we tell a harsh truth. Is that what it said? I it says tell a harsh, tr a harsh truth. So I was going to go with huh. the damsel in distress thing, yeah. come in looking a little okay. roughed up. And the harsh, harsh truth could be that the world is a, a hard place for a single woman. Or, hey, kids, your dad kidnapped a lady and, and killed her for her brooch. I don't know if that's a true, a true, if that's true yet. <laughs> well, let's find out. Okay, so infiltrator, and then you guys will back me up. I, I would, I would like to, I would like to, yes, yeah, stealth and try and secure an advantage just by being there to assist you. Like, would that be? Does that make sense? If you want to, why are you sneaking in? Because <laughs> like a raccoon plus a half link is okay. All right. Um, my 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 two. <laughs> My two things that I can do mechanically are talk to people or sneak. Like, those those are the only things I'm really good at, so. All right, so let's look at the list of moves. What is your best stat? Shadow? Shadow is my number three, yes. What are your paths and assets that add to your shadow? Um, Trickster oh, allows me to lie to people. You've got your ritual with your leaf. I smacked the microphone. I don't I have care. To, I have to know their name. I have to know their name. We've got a goal. I'm going to go be a raccoon and find out their name, and you're going to do the leaf thing. Do you want oh, me to use... No. We'll use the sister's name? I guess that would work. You can find out what the sister's goal is from your leaf thing? If it succeeds. Let's do that first. I can't do the guy because I don't know his name. Right. Okay, let's do the leaf thing first in case it works because there's no penalty for that missing, right? Right. And then, if that fails, I'll go find out this guy's name is a raccoon. Okay. All right, so in that case... Plan. I will I will pluck a leaf from a bush <laughs> nearby, and I will whisper her name three times, and uh, the leaf will float into the wind, and I will try to use sway. Anastasia Glissant. Anastasia Glissant. Anastasia Glissant. It worked. You helped me. <laughs> um, I, got, I got a seven on the D6. And a six and a three on the D10s, so that's a nice. full success. Uh, on a on a strong hit, the wind whispers of this person's need. Envision what you hear. If you use this information or fulfill this need when you compel them, you may reroll any dice. On a weak hit, so I'm. It'll tell me what their need is. Okay. So the wind whispers back to you, safety and reform. Hmm. So she's looking for a place of safety. 
What did the wind say? Uh, she's looking for safety and to change her ways, I think. So if she's alive, does that mean that, I mean, if she, if, if that works, does that mean that we know she's still alive because dead people don't have... I assume so. Uh, they wouldn't yeah. need safety if they are dead. But if she's in need of safety, that probably means she's in danger, probably kidnapped or apprehended in some fashion. It seems like she did not go missing of her own free will. Hmm. Or if she did, it was because uh, someone had blackmailed her or pressured her into going missing. So, GM, I also get plus one momentum for that. Please keep track of that on your sheet. I got you. Okay. Okay. Okay, I will go find out. Uh, not the children's name, but the adult man's name. Oh, no. That's going to mess up my NPC count. If, if, if not, I'm sure I can get the name as well. I have a plus six. Let's try it that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, pretender, when I establish a false identity, roll a plus shadow on a strong hit. I, again, I still don't know how this path works. Does that mean I am establishing the identity of being a raccoon in this place north of town, north of a festival with dumpsters? Because it's pretty believable, right? Yeah. So can I roll to establish or I don't know how this works. Describe what you'd like to do. We can figure it out together. I want to roll... Gather information within an enemy area, which is this weird arch place, to discover... It says positions, plans, or methods. Can methods be their name? I just want to know uh, when the child says, Daddy! You know, like, ah, oh, that's not a name. Hmm. This plan is stupid. Well, think about it. Uh, well, <laughs> not to assist you too much, but the father would probably refer to the children by name. And they may be aware of a plan. But, well, it costs nothing, I don't think based on your abilities to just you're not you're not a person so you're not an immediate threat and you're kind of blending in because it's getting darker so if you just kind of sneak along and listen i won't make you roll for that okay i'm gonna go be a pet raccoon i'm gonna be the cutest raccoon you ever did see so i'm gonna roll gather information using my infiltrator to breach or hide so hide in plain sight Okay, discover their plans is one of these. So I'm rolling, gather information to discover their plans. Huh. Oh, okay, I think I failed. I think I total failed. I think I stepped up to them. I think this is a full miss, which is uh, your investigation unearths a dire threat or reveals an unwelcome truth that undermines my quest, pay the price. <laughs> undermines your quest. Okay, I'm trying to think what the most obvious negative consequence would be. I walk up I to think... them as a raccoon going, hmm. <laughs> children okay i want to eat them apparently that's what it came off as so yes you hear the kids scream no i'm adorable and uh the dad turns around just because he's he um he's he's already tense you can kind of tell that with his body language already but he rushes you and he tries to get between you and the children the broom kind again. of at least <laughs> yeah he pulls out a hand broom and tries to sweep you out of the way I run with my tail, you know, there's <laughs> the, the most visible thing about me because I have a raccoon tail and I flee. All right. You are, you are not pursued, but they are, they are, uh, heightened and he's trying to calm the children, but, um, he, he keeps trying to, um, he looks back at the arches as he does so. Well, what do we do from here? <laughs> Deidre. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. It, 
surely you have a plan, yes? Um, yeah, are we are, are we going with part two here? Is that is it time? Plan B. B. <laughs> All right, plan B. And Deidre uh, pulls one of her daggers and starts artfully cutting up some of the clothing that she's wearing. She takes some dirt and smears it on the side of her face and uh, across part of her hair. And then she puts on a big doe-eyed expression and starts panting so you can see bosoms heaving through the slashes in her shirt (laughs) and runs into camp. (laughs) And then a raccoon chases you towards the people. (laughs) (laughs) Help! Help! Please, uh, please, please keep me safe. He looks up at you. So he, uh, he's holding his children. Uh, as you approach, he kind of protects them instinctively. <laughs> and he sees your disheveled look. Um, I'm trying to think if this is a role. Are you, um... Yes, it is. Is this a compelling? You're, this is you're a compel, to compel by telling right. the harsh truth that the world is dangerous for a single woman. That's some harsh okay. truths. <laughs> Huh? That's some harsh truths. <laughs> it really is. Look, just, just look at me. Can I aid my ally? Yeah. Can you? I don't know how, that's that, a mechanical how does that mechanically thing. work. It says secure an advantage, but I'm doing it in support of you. Page 76. I don't know how this all works. So, I think it's a plus shadow roll for stealth or trickery or deception. All right. So if you secure advantage and direct support of an ally and, and score a hit, they, instead of you, can take benefits of the move. And yeah. essentially, you're Go trying to it. pretend like you're a rabid raccoon, right? Like that is deception and trickery. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna roll oh, plus shadow, and mm-hmm. if it if it doesn't hurt, if it, it won't hurt you, regard. Oh my gosh, uh, gain a momentum, Deidre, because it was a weak hit. Okay, hey, did something. <laughs> and actually, I'm okay. Let me let me roll mine first here. All right, so I get a plus four for this because the nice. belly gives me another one. So, I know I picked heart. Um, two plus four is six. Four and three. So, I think I got a strong win. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, read so, the uh, the thing. So, which move did you use? Uh, compel. Let me pull that back up. So, they'll do what you want or share what they know. You take one momentum. If you use this exchange to gather information, make that move now and add plus one. All right, so I actually gained two momentum, correct? Yeah, because I want a plus one from the ability. Yeah, correct. Perfect. Well, no, I gained one from you. I think I gained two from me. One for just doing it, and another one because of my ability. I get, I get an extra momentum from it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And then for gathering information, you discover something helpful and specific. Oh, I was doing compel, compel for for him to. It gives you the. It says make that move now. So I'm just fast forwarding. Gotcha. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, so I did that. GM? Make that, oh, make that move now. Okay, so do I just, do it's I succeed a, or do I have to roll I, again? I, I think it's a gather I information don't. roll because you did compel again? first and then it's to get, if this is to help with the gather information, you do that roll with this advantage now. More rolls are bad. So just um, take the compel and say they'll do what you want or share what they know. Well, I guess, yeah. They'll share what they okay. know. Right? So we'll... Do you want me to just respond to that first, and then you can decide whether you'd like to continue the line of questioning or whatever? Sure. Okay. Share what you know. So, he he kind of <laughs> Wait, relaxes a little this. bit. Okay. There's a raccoon coming for you. 
Please, help, help! There's a raccoon! Yes, uh, come over here, I have a broom. You should be safe. (laughs) If you say so, sir. And she scurries behind him. She clings to him, clutching his bicep, saying, You seem strong. Go ahead. Uh, He he is distracted. He's like, "Uh, Thank you. Um, Shoo! And he, he, he tries to... First, from a distance, shoo you away, <laughs> and to see if that works. Does that work? I bare my teeth, but then flee. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, okay. thank I... you, my brave sir. And she <laughs> buries her head in his shoulder and just starts sobbing. He can feel the tendrils of her flame red hair tickling the whiskers growing on the side of his chin. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like a romance novel. Right? This is awesome. So he he hesitates at first, but. Sensing her vulnerability, he slowly kind of embraces her and said, "No, not now. It's, it's okay. You're, you're safe now. Are you, are you here to sing sanctuary too?" I suppose that's one way of looking at it. She stops crying and looks up at him through her eyelashes. Her fists pressed against his chest. <laughs> <laughs> he says. Well, I think we're in the right place. I I got the note, but I, I think we have to wait until the moon is up. I didn't get any note. What is this place? Have you not heard? This, this is for... And he kind of eyes you suspiciously, but also sees how um, distraught you are. And all his uh, hesitation melts away. And he says, this is the place where people go for safety. This, this is the sanctuary, the... The Redeemer's Keep. And he points, he kind of gestures toward the, the arches. He goes, but we have, to, we have to open it the right way. I think you've come right on time. And as he's speaking, the, the, the last of the sun dips below the horizon. And on the opposite horizon, you can see the moon starting to rise. And it's a full moon. And when that happens, there's, a, there's an eerie feeling like something's not quite right that surrounds... Not just the immediate area where you are, Deidre, but uh, Errol and Krista, you feel this too. So it's kind of something, there's a, almost a tangible feeling. And uh, the remnants of the older building are collapsed. They're not moving or anything, but in the light of the full moon, the, the, the grounds seem to emanate this magical energy. And he turns to you, Deidre, and says, Did, Do you feel that? I, I think it's time. I do. I feel it too. At, at, at this point, I'm going to walk up to the raccoon, Krista, and I'm going to say, uh, play dead real quick. <laughs> and I'm going to pick her up from the scruff and walk up and say, I, uh, I found this dangerous raccoon and I dispatched it. <laughs> oh. Thank you, for, so- thank you for protecting my sister, Denise. <laughs> I need you to roll... <laughs> um, you're lying, yeah, so yeah. please come. Compel? Okay. Yeah. I do get a plus one for this. So I rolled a six, and I get plus three and a plus one, so that's ten. And I rolled a six and a, se- a, six and a seven, so okay. that's a strong success. Uh, he is absolutely convinced that you've dispatched that raccoon, and he, like, whatever anticipation he felt like he was close to his objective is amplified because 
the da- the danger that presented itself so immediately is gone, and so now he feels even safer. And he goes, uh, he says, "Oh, thank you, thank you. Are are you here for sanctuary also?" Yes, of course. These rabbit raccoons are going crazy. Yes, that's well. That's the least of my troubles. Here, I'll tell you more once we're in. And so he, with with the the kind of arcana feeling that's permeating the entire area, he starts doing his um, sequence again. And so he goes through the first arch, and then back through the first arch, and then through the second arch, and back through the third arch, and then he enters the fifth arch, and he vanishes. I'll follow the pattern. Carrying the dead raccoon. Yeah, carrying the dead raccoon. (laughs) So his children see him, and they're tense because he's gone. And so he, they've instructed, or he instructed them as to what the sequence is. And so they start to get up, and they go through the, the sequence as well. So do you want to just watch them, or what, what is your, you're following them? Yes, yeah, so I'll put the raccoon on my shoulder, and I'll follow the, follow the pattern they're walking. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deidre, I assume you're going as well? Absolutely. Okay. You follow the children, and in front of you, you see the two children vanish through the fifth arch. And then uh, Deidre passes through the fifth arch. <clears throat> However, as Errol and Krista try to go through the first arc, the fifth arch, Errol passes through while Krista is barred from entering, like by a, a force field of sorts. Oh, no. Wait, the rest of us can, but Krista can't? Correct. Why? And I'll, well, let me well let me explain a little bit further. Also, so what Errol and Deirdre see, and the kids and the the, the guy from before, is rather than um, a land just full of a ruined building, it is as if um, you're in an entirely new place. The sun is up. Uh, the building before you is what looks to be a beautifully decorated monastery. Um, it has stained glass, carved reliefs. Uh, a broad, polished oak doors that are flanked with suits of armor. And the armor bears this insignia, RK. And uh, as you pass through the arches, if you were to look back, you would see um, between the, the archways when the columns come down, you see uh, blue crystals that are kind of emanating a magical power. Um, I guess I will... Well, at this point, I'm I'm in... And Krista is on, like, fell off, or like. Yes, but when you look back through the arch, you can see the world that you had just left. Like, you can see Krista. I um, push my nose against the force field and I drag my face downward so it makes this expression. <laughs> the, the piggy <laughs> nose? Yeah. Do, and my it... two little raccoon paws slide down the glass door, and I'm like, sliding glass door, let me in. Does it seem like the crystals are the source of this force field? Um, Can I... I uh, roll and investigate. Okay. Gather information. Yep, I gotcha. I got a six, a six, and an eight. So that's a fail. Okay. You are unsure? Was and- the I'm six sorry? and the eight the D10s? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, my momentum is at plus six, but I can't cancel it unless it's less. Right. Yeah. So, that's so on a, a miss, your investigation unearths a dire threat. 
or reveals an unwelcome truth that undermines your quest. Pay the price. Uh, one, one, one second, Dean. I'm, I'm sorry. Under, sure. Under Trickster, it says when you gather information by investigating a devious scheme, you may roll plus shadow instead of plus wits. Would that apply to this, or that's that would be up to you? Um, I would say that it is something that is concealed, so it is inherently devious. So I'll let you do that. Yes. Okay. So that would. It was a four. That would make it seven. That would make it a weak success. Okay. So, hold on. So, information complicates your quest or introduces a new danger. Envision what you discover and take plus one momentum. So, I'll say that you you do have the feeling that the crystals are the source, but as you make a move to investigate them, you can hear a creak of metal as the suits of armor come to life and start coming toward you. Oh, my. So they always do that. <laughs> I will. Okay, let me look at the combat moves here. I, I will oh, say, I as this is happening, the man and his children are ahead of you, but they hear the creak. They turn around, and their eyes get big, because one, they see the raccoon that they thought was dead, <laughs> not dead. And then they see these suits of armor that, they're, that are beside both of them, and so they hurry to try to push through the door. Uh, to just get out of the way. So are so they are actively turning towards Errol, looking to harm yes. him, right? So that's either enter the fray. It's I can't do I can't fray. do strike or clash because no, I don't have initiative. It's or definitely no. enter. It, okay. Clarifying, okay. I think enter the fray happens before other stuff. Right. So would this be ambushed or facing off against so. a foe? I think facing off against a foe. Okay. So heart is definitely not my. Because there's a distance between you and them. Like you're still, I would say, 50 feet away. And so, and they're not moving very fast. So you hear them, you turn and you see them, and they're slowly making their way. And so you have options. You don't even have to stay there. You can go back through or try to make your way around them or something. So to explain uh, the rules of Ironsworn, when you enter into combat... First, set the rank of each of your foes. How many suits of armor are there? There are two suits of armor. Are they troublesome, dangerous, formidable, extreme, or epic? I would say they're dangerous. Both of them are dangerous. That means two progress per harm, which means you inflict two harm. Right. And roll to determine who is in control. So now go ahead, Errol, and roll. You're rolling uh, plus heart. Uh, I actually rolled pretty good here. Seven... Uh, and I got a two and an eight on the tens, so a weak, or well, I guess on bolster a your hit. position. It, so on a weak hit, it's a weak hit, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Choose one, either take two momentum and bolster your position, which will help you on a future turn, or prepare to act and take initiative. Would you like the initiative, which lets you take your move, or would you like plus two momentum? I would like to take initiative. Okay, so Deidre... Your friend has initiative. Yes. This does not rotate like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. So you should read the uh, strike and clash. Let me scroll up here. Uh, clash strike and, and clash. strike and turn the tide. So those are pages five and six in the handy yeah. dandy document that I made. But wait, I don't have initiative, so I can't strike, correct? You should read those and prepare what you do, because your your turns, you've got a few moments to read that document. So you have three things to read. Strike, clash, and turn the tide. And you're going to do one of those. 
should read them and be prepared. So Errol's going to attack them. They're going to, he's going to give them initiative because he attacked them. They're going to have initiative and do something. And then probably you'll be able to, and then go ahead and read strike clash and turn the tide again. I think I can also use I don't know this game um, so. <laughs> alternative to combat moves, right? I think we're in uh, combat, so I think you should... I know, uh, but well, the first thing that you wrote on the page, battle, alternative combat, when you fight in a battle and it happens in a blur, envision your objective and roll. We're not doing a battle because it's a multi-turn combat, probably, according to the GM, because they, he assigned, our GM assigned non-trivial damage levels to these enemies. Okay, so that does not apply. Yeah. So you're going to read okay. clash, strike, and turn the tide, and be ready for after the enemies attack right sure all right errol go ahead um so you took the initiative right right you now have the initiative you're possessing it like a clay rooster figurine what do you do with your initiative now i can't secure an advantage in combat i can only do clash i can only do clash strike i will say is that again they're far away you don't need to engage them if you don't want to but I'm uh, unfamiliar with the entire mechanics of this system, so I don't know what that, what the consequences would be. Well, securing advantage will either let you make another move now or take two momentum. So um, if you prepare for the battle by securing an advantage, you could take two momentum and then lose your initiative, I think. Right? Because it doesn't say... Right. It says choose one. So you could either... Uh, make another move now with a plus one to it. And rolling dice in Ironsworn is really hard. So on a strong hit, you can choose to add one to your next roll. I wouldn't do that. I'd say mechanically that seems like you're risking failure twice for a, you know, for a possible plus one. On a weak hit, you just get plus one momentum and it seems like you lose initiative. Okay. So I don't I'll just... know this game very well, but that okay, does I, seem I'm just like... going to draw my rapier and I'm going to strike them. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Okay. All right. So go ahead and read strike. Um, I am rolling plus iron. Reading strike. When you have initiative and attack in close quarters, which means you're running up to the statue and attacking it, you roll plus iron. All when right. you have initiative and attack at range, roll plus edge. So what are your iron and edge stats? Edge is one, iron is two. Yeah, makes sense. Because I use a rapier. I don't have a ranged weapon. Yes, I will pull my rapier, and I will attempt to find a weak point in this armor and slash at it. So I got I got three plus two is five, and I rolled two fours. That's a match. Oh. There's something special in a match. You got a yes. super de duper de strong hit. On a strong hit, inflict, inflict plus one harm, and you retain initiative. You can do it again. Nice. So I get plus one for the strike, and then plus one for the match. And then I retain initiative. Or, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, the match represents a twist in the narrative, something interesting or a new opportunity when you roll a match on your challenge dice. So because you got a strong hit and it matched, then something something else happens that's positive oh, for you okay. besides so that's, the harm. That's, you, that's for yeah. you to decide narratively. And then I get the right. plus one harm. So it's two normally, and then you get plus one for a strong hit. Right. And then you retain initiative. So I will say um, you... You manage to find a weak point in what seems to be an impenetrable suit of armor. Like you're able to kind of hit it right where the, the visor would be and its face. It's, there's nothing behind the visor. But as you do so, uh, you, you, when you retract your sword, you pull off the helmet 
of the the one and it flips off of your um your sword and falls directly on one of the crystals cracking it and then it it stops glowing and then um Krista tumbles through the archway. Whoa. Excellent. Thanks for your matching dice. And then it said you retained initiative. Um so Deidre, three damage were dealt to wait, no, two, two damage wait. One plus the two for the ranking of the enemy, right? Did I do that right? Hold on a second. Two progress per harm for a dangerous foe. Right. So two, two damage were dealt and then one for the strike. So that's three harm total. Deidre, it's at seven out of ten hit points. And Errol's about to go again because of their super awesome roll. Okay, so does he go now or yeah. do I go? Yep. Still okay, Errol's turn. Retained Good. initiative. Errol, go again. <laughs> All right, one second. Okay. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'll just... Uh, <clears throat> I will slash with my rapier, and I will slide between the armor's legs. It's large enough for me to do that. I'm guessing I'm a halfling. Yes. And I will go up on the other side and attempt to strike it again. All right. All right, so I got another match, but I rolled a five plus two is seven, and I rolled two sixes. Oh, that's a strong. Is that another strong hit? I, I promise you. Hit. I'm gonna take a picture just so you guys. <laughs> no, can it's see. okay. Don't don't take a picture. Okay. Oh my gosh. Same thing happens right. again. You're at uh, four hit points out of ten now, right? Yes, because you've knocked down three because of this strong hit, and you still retain advantage or initiative. Sorry, and something creative happens that helps you. I will say <laughs> that um, you manage to push it as you strike it into the second set of armor and knock the second set of armor on the ground and it is lying prone and it tries to get up but cannot. I will take this. I still have the in initiative, so I will take this opportunity and I will attempt to strike the one laying down. We'll see how it goes. All right. Um, so that one. Wait, I got another momentum for that, didn't I? Yes. So I'm up to eight. Uh, your sword doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> Why are we all watching one person hit I a know. thing death? I know. Uh, so that would be, I rolled a three, plus two is five, and I got in a six and a seven, but because my momentum is up to eight, I'll ignore that six and make it a weak hit. So my crazy streak... Wait a minute. You, you rolled a seven, right? I rolled a three, plus... Two for iron is a five, okay. and I rolled a six and a seven. And I, had, I see. Versus and I had, a six and a seven. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I had right. eight momentum, so that would ignore the six. Sure. Yeah. Right. It ignores mm -hmm. one of them. So on a weak hit, inflict your harm and lose the initiative. Does it immediately go to two for the momentum after I use it? Yes. Okay. So that was... Inflict your harm and lose initiative. Okay, yep, that's fine with me. That was a okay, pretty good so run. The enemy went from seven with your first hit, down to four with your second hit, and now it's down to two with your third hit. And we're all just like, Deidre and I are looking at one another like, um, yeah, we, we brought a good party member here with us. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm glad that they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now you lose the initiative, which means GM. Which means uh, they go on the offensive. So the one on the ground is temporarily incapacitated. Um, and the one without a head 
is trying to strike at Errol because he's causing most of the problems. And so he attempts to strike at you. Is that something I need to roll or would that be Errol rolling as well? I think I'd be... Uh, face harm. Yeah, face... Yes, face harm. Or I don't know how fights work in Iron Sword. What do you guys think? I see endure harm. Hold on one second. No, that's a suffer move. I think face I danger. I like think you have to roll against something. Face danger. Uh, clash is when right. clash is when your foe has initiative and you fight with them in close range. Uh, no, it's face danger. Um, when okay. you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat. So are you reacting, Errol, with speed, I... charm, a forceful defense, deception, or expertise? I really think it's clash. When your foe has initiative and you fight with them in close quarters, that seems like that's what's happening. Ah, when you exchange a volley at range or shoot an advancing roll foe. Um, so plus iron because he's close combat, but, but it's it would have been... Inflicting your... Ed. Do you see the wording on that? On a strong hit, inflict mm -hmm. your harm. So you hit them even yeah. when they go to hit you. Well, if they're going to hit you and you can parry and uh, react, yeah. that that is a possible outcome okay but the weak hit and the miss they get you get hurt nice danger when you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat yeah okay i'm up for whatever i'm not sure which one is better uh we can take turns clash this time endure harm next time or face danger next time okay because we don't know the All rules right, so, of this game so, so clash is a plus iron which i've been rolling this whole time so right that was plus two all right, I got a six, and it's a weak success. I got a five and a seven, and I rolled a six. So Okay, so inflict your harm, but then pay the price. Your foe has initiative. I will say you were able to strike him, but he also... Uh, I think this is the one without the head that you're striking, correct? Yes. Okay, so I think he's done, because he had two. But as he's falling um, and swinging... You, you catch a little bit of the blade and the armor falls on you. So the harm, I take two harm or no? Yes. Okay. And the price is you're now pinned temporarily under a suit of armor that isn't moving. Oof. And they retained initiative. So you defeated initiative. him. Well, and I think have, that's... You have to roll to... Um, so it said they retained initiative in the... In yeah. The, but um, you have to roll to end a combat. So it's it's not... Oh. Yeah. Right. And there's a second one, right? It's it's just now trying to get off of the ground and has found its footing and so is just about to rise. But it doesn't doesn't have initiative. It does because the enemies have initiative. That's what the thing said. Oh, it's a collective initiative? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll say he does have initiative and he, he sees Deidre and he starts going toward Deidre. Right. Because um Errol is hidden completely now. He thinks he's out of the equation. And do and there's no defending per se in uh, this game, right? Well, last time we used Clash because we don't know what we're doing, and this time we're using Face Danger, which is on page two of the handy dandy alphabet alphabetical moves PDF file that I sent you. Face Danger when you um, uh, react to an imminent threat, envision your mm -hmm. action, Deidre, and roll. How do you react to this? Here we go. Statue coming at you. Um, duck and roll. All right, roll your dice. All right, be plus edge I'm, probably. Um, I'm looking. I'm trying to think of a way to actually do this plus heart because that's what I'm best at. With charm, um, loyalty, or courage. 
Yeah, courage. She's she's gonna drop her shoulder and just uh, charge this thing and try to knock him back. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Um, all right, so I gotta roll my dice. Uh, Ooh, I rolled a six. Plus three is gonna be a nine, and then nice seven and four. A win. Nice. <laughs> you are successful. You knock it back down on its butt. And you get one momentum. Nice. Does that mean it's my turn to attack now? It lost, it granted you initiative because um, it was coming at you, right? I don't know how initiative works. Who's got the statue of a rooster? I will will say that after you do that, this is is how I'll do it narratively. You do that and it's causing quite a commotion. It's very loud. And you see the, um, the giant oak doors burst open inward and in the middle of the doorway you see an imposing human dressed in black studded leather armor and wearing a a, a deep red cloak and he looks to see what's happening um and he you hear him speak uh i see the fa- uh, some of the fire breathing kittens have come for a visit if you wanted in that badly you should have let me know uh, normally I would dispatch the fiend who violated the safety of the Redeemer's Keep, but, uh, considering I owe the far-breathing kittens a debt of eternal gratitude, uh, I will let it pass. Uh, and then he, he waves his hands in a, a ritualistic manner, and the armor disappears. Is that someone and we know? He's, he seems to maybe. know us. He says, uh, what brings you to our sanctuary? We are looking for Anastasia. Ah, yes, of course. She, uh, she is here. Um, normally we do not uh, reveal the, uh, identity of the people that live here, but as I said, I owe you a debt of gratitude. Uh, join me. Come into the keep and we shall discuss further. (laughs) Deirdre sheaths her daggers. (laughs) And I run up on Deirdre's shoulders. Errol will uh, get up off the ground and dust himself off and put his rapier away, put his eye patch back on straight, <laughs> and then limp towards the area. All right, so he escorts you into the monastery, and as you walk in, it's very spacious. The ceiling is very tall. Uh, there's, there's, it's plainly decorated, but still ornately carved. Like, it's all stone. And there's, there's minimal furniture, but you see everybody dressed in kind of the same regular clothes. Nothing ostentatious, nothing that would necessarily make anyone stand out. And he go, uh, he addresses the, the three of you and he says, uh, Forgive me for not introducing myself. Uh, my name is Winston Millian. Uh, you helped me many years, uh, many months ago when I was with the Brotherhood of Woe. And... Uh, Again, when I was trying to escape their clutches. And when you helped me escape, I think, I think of this place. It is a place of safety for people who are trying to reinvent their lives. And uh, the person you seek, Anastasia, is one of them. I will lead you to her. But before I do, I would like to ask what business you have with her. We just want to ensure her safety. You do not need to worry. She is safe here. I, uh, yes, thank you, but I think we should secure that from her, don't you think? 
if you like, we can speak to her. She can make her own decision. And so I agree. He, he will escort you to kind of, there's a spiral staircase. You take up one of the towers to uh, an open room. And in the back, there's a kitchen area. And you see a lady that looks similar to Jacqueline, but her hair color is a uh, lighter blonde. And you see her, what it seems to be creating food out of thin air. What is? Uh, the, the lady that looks like Jacqueline. Like you're walking toward the kitchen. You see this lady creating food, food out of thin air. Okay. And uh, Winston says, uh, Anastasia, you have visitors, which I know is very uncommon in the uh, Redeemer's Keep. But uh, I implore you to listen to them. They have helped me uh, before and they are worth listening to. Anastasia, hi. Oh, we've come uh, at the request of your sister to make sure you're safe. How are you? What happened? At the sound of you saying that you're there on behalf of her sister, she stiffens and backs away and says, I want nothing to do with her. A A An Anastasia, I, I know that you are seeking safety here. And I also know what it's like to have lived a past of uh, making poor choices. Uh, we're, we're here to help. We're not here to send you to your sister. Uh, if you don't wish to go there, we're just here to find you and make sure you are safe and, and see that you are okay. Um, so with that sway I did earlier, the, the ritual I did, if I, mm -hmm. if I make a compel roll, I can reroll any dice when I make the roll. And I'm just going to okay. try and like make a compel, to, like compel her to trust us and open up to us. Okay. Sounds good. Go ahead. Good luck. But uh, doesn't it work better for you if you lie? Uh, for this one, it just says, if you use the information or fulfill this need when you compel them, you may reroll any dice one time only. On the compel move. Oh. Doesn't it you, work better if you lie? You are right. Because it's plus heart. Yeah, you're using your heart, trickster. I am. Uh, well, you could be saying a lie in that you do want to take her back to her sister. True. It, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay oh. with that interpretation if you'll allow it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I just didn't know the, the interpretation of how you're approaching the situation. Uh, essentially, I would be okay leaving her be, but I do want to know the information about where this brooch is. Cause if we don't get her, we need to get the brooch. <gasps> wow. You appear so trustworthy, but you're here for the money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do have an ulterior motive in trying to get her to talk to us. All right. Uh, but my role was, so let's see, I have plus three, sh I have three for shadow. I rolled a six. So that's nine. And I rolled a one and a nine. So it's a weak okay. hit. What does Compel right. say for a weak hit? They ask something of you in return. Oh, wait. Okay. As above. What was above? You get a plus one momentum. And I can use gather information now for a plus one if I would like to. So, yeah, I would say uh, after saying that, well, I guess I'll let you respond first. But I do want to gather information after that also. Okay. So she, you see her body loosen a little bit. And she says, I believe you, but. Why are you here? I need to know. It's very difficult to find this place. It took me quite a while, and I'm finally here. But what brings you here? What do you want from me? Uh, 
We were hired by your sister to find you. She wanted to know your whereabouts, and she wanted the location of the brooch. If we leave without you and without the brooch, we will not be able to stop other people from being sent. But if you give us the brooch to allow, allow us to take it with us, we can tell her that we found it, but you didn't make it, and allow her to think that you are somewhere else. She clutches, she clutches it. Um, she's wearing it on her... Uh, she's the only person with any kind of uh, decoration on their very plain outfit. And she kind of clutches it. You see it on her. And she's like, no. Don't you know what that means? If she has it? I do not know what that means. I would like to know. Uh, Is this your gather information role then? Well, let me think about that. What do I need to say? Gather information. Yeah, you get a plus one on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's plus wits. So it doesn't, I don't have to lie about it. Okay. So yeah, I'll make that roll. So I rolled a Five of uh, six, so I got a three plus two plus one is six, and a one and a four. So that's a strong hit. Oh, yeah. Four. Oh, gather information, Santa. Strong hit. You discover something helpful and specific. The path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is made clear. Take two plus two momentum. Okay, so she she hears your question and answers extremely directly and says, "This brooch is magic." It is what I use to create the food here and, and help the people that are looking for redemption. But in her hands, she wants, she wants to undo everything. Not just this place, but the world itself. To undo what has been made. Don't you see? It's only because of the magical protections here that I'm able to hide from her. So the olive oil baron is going to undo the world with a brooch? Yes. She's been seeking it for ages. How old do you think she is? I thought the brooch just made food. Are you asking her that? Mm, only if I don't have to roll for it. You don't have to roll for it. <laughs> then yes. Okay. Well, yes, that's, that's what I use it for. It, it has the power of creation itself. But when combined with the other heirlooms, it, it protects its user from being consumed by her terrible plans and at that moment um you see each of you see yourself surrounded in a blue translucent uh bubble like uh, all three of you including winston including anastasia like you're all isolated and then you hear coming from the stairs that you uh that you had just uh come up you hear a familiar voice and she says I knew you would lead me straight to her, and I'm so glad I counted on the fire-breathing kittens to do my dirty work. Of course I couldn't find her. This place... And she looks around, and just very casually, because she has all the time in the world, she's like, this place has very strong magic, but I don't know what you did. But whatever it was, I found her immediately, and here I am, and there's the brooch. And if you please, I'll go ahead and take that now. Feel free to keep the gold that I gave you, whatever good that will do you. And she's able to move her hand through the stasis field that is surrounding Anastasia. She takes the brooch and combines it with the rest of the, um, the heirlooms. And it kind of combines into this one amulet. And you see um, her starting to concentrate. 
and the amulet starts to glow. And as she does that, and she, she's mumbling a recitation under her breath, and then as a sphere around her begins to grow outward from her, it, it takes you in, and as soon as you enter it, your stasis fields go down. So Anastasia and Winston and the three of you are now in this sphere that she's reciting. And as you look outside the sphere, you can see things going back, like going back in time. Think of any kind of decay is reversing or people are shrinking into children. Uh, The building around you, the stones are being removed one by one. And she's just, she's just reciting. Um, So, so we're in a bubble together and she's, we're all in the same bubble or she's in a separate bubble? We are all in the same bubble. It's centered around her, but she was close enough to grab the brooch. And so now you're within that the, the affected field. And so whatever you see outside the bubble is not affecting you, but is affecting everything else. How close am I to her? I'd say four to seven feet. So like standing close to her. Yeah. Would you like to enter the fray? Well, I don't, is there, is this a battle thing or? Yeah, I think we discovered there really isn't a stealth thing. When you make a strike against someone and you were hidden and when you enter the fray, so. I wasn't going to hit her. Okay. I mean, if you're moving Honestly, into position I, against an unaware foe or striking without warning, that is enter the fray. I was going to reach out and grab the amulet. Oh, you want to slit a hand. Yeah, do we have that here? Oh, I think I think so. Uh, I think, oh, let me do it. Because I, I think that is... Oh, yeah, you do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Nobody's been paying attention to the raccoon, right? Right. So I'm going oh, yeah, to try she... to roll secure an advantage using my pretender ability. When I secure an advantage by revealing my true identity in a dramatic moment, I wasn't a necklace. <laughs> Reroll any dice, which I think is the most powerful thing I've seen in Ironsworn. So I'd like to secure an advantage, and it says with deception still, uh, with deception. So I'm attempting to gain leverage, make preparations, or assess a situation. I'm attempting to gain leverage. I want to snatch that amulet. Okay. Envision your action. Roll plus shadow. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I am using my fake identity, right? And I'm revealing it above. Yeah. So do I? I'm going to, I feel like I should have rolled to establish the identity and then I'd know what I'm adding to things. I think you established that early on as the raccoon. Okay. That's not really it's a, a raccoon. Plus two? Okay. Well then, mm-hmm. am I adding a plus two? Because if so, if that's true, is that true? It is true. Okay. Well then, I don't need to re-roll a dice because I got a strong hit. On a strong hit, I gain advantage, choose one, I'm going to take control. So I'm going to take that amulet. I snatch okay. it. Okay. And I'm specifically, with my little raccoon paws, I'm going to try to like wash it in the river. That's my action. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The river is far from this location. <laughs> no, I just, that's but I imagine I'm doing. <laughs> you're, 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 are you darting toward the river with this thing? No, I'm just making the up and down motion because my little paws, you know, I'm doing this. Oh, I see. The, the viewer can't, or the listener can't see this. I'm doing I'm, like. I'm, you're making the money sign. I'm sure yeah. she's created a goblet of water somewhere here. I'm just saying, 
Uh, my little raccoon paws seize upon the weird triangle, the rounded triangle silver alley with an incredibly clear sapphire in it that's part of a set that's now merged into like a dual jewelry piece. Mm-hmm. Raccoon pod. Okay. Yep. All right. I will say and I'm trying you to success. Break it apart. Oh, excellent. Okay. You do that. Uh, because she she put it into place and just started reciting her ritual and did not expect a raccoon to act. <laughs> and I and leapt you, you... from Deidre's shoulders and I snatched that <laughs> snatched that wig. <laughs> <laughs> you remove what uh, the brooch component of the amulet and she you see shock come over her face and was like, You fool, you've interrupted everything. And um, she tries to reach for you or reach for the component. And, uh, oh, man, that was such a good move. <laughs> you should have brought a broom. Oh, no broom. And um, there's, you see what would be like electric sparks in a feedback mechanism on her. And it's rippling around the bubble. And uh, the, the time reversal stops outside of the bubble and then comes back. Until and she's she's uh, almost being electrocuted, so I, I'll just keep describing things unless you would like to jump in at any point here. Um, my friends so are you're like, holding. That's cool. <laughs> I would I would like to yeah. pull my rapier and place it, uh, point it directly against her neck and say, "Reverse this or st- stab it." <laughs> it's like she's like, "It's already done," and you see everything coming back and then as it uh the sphere starts to recede around her you see her start to get younger like she starts to um time reverses for her uh and anything that would have been in the sphere but since it collapsed on her you're unaffected and so you see eventually a teenage girl holding a broken amulet and then a preteen and then a kid a toddler, and then a baby, and then it just kind of it the the sphere collapses upon itself, and you have an an heirloom set connected minus the brooch, and then a baby next to the amulet. Uh, I'll pull off my cloak and swaddle the baby, and and hand it to Anastasia. I- Anastasia begins to cry because she knows. That, uh, let me, I have to pause again, because that was such a ridiculously good move that I did not anticipate you to do as a raccoon. And as she cries and says, I'm safe, thank you, but I'm not, I'm not reformed. I must stay here. And then she looks to Winston and says, can we, can we take care of this baby, my sister? And Winston says, of course, this is a safe place for all. I will uh, help you to raise this child in the proper way so they do not try to destroy the world, huh? Everyone deserves a second chance. Bien sûr, you are <laughs> correct. Um, so Anastasia smiles and she turns to the three of you and she says, I will have to be here for a while longer until I get my, myself under control. But in the meantime, I can write you a letter that um, gives you, I don't know what the power of attorney equivalent is in this world, 
but it gives you authority to execute the things of the house because people will question where the, the olive oil baroness is gone. And I can say as, as her representative that now you, you three, are in control of the empire. Is that, does that suit you? That sounds excellent. I love olive oil. <laughs> sure. Uh, GM, I think I, like, I, I wasn't expecting this, but having control over an olive oil barony matches my vow to save up enough money to not have to kill for money anymore. Can I roll reach a milestone? Uh, yes, I think that would be great. Or actually, it's not a roll. It just says do the thing. It just is? When you make significant progress in your quest by overcoming a critical obstacle, completing a perilous journey, solving a complex mystery, defeating a powerful threat, gaining vital support, or acquiring a crucial item, you may mark progress. Can I mark progress on my quest? Yeah. Wow. I think you've made significant progress if you'd like to sell a share or... Yeah. You guys, I'm one step closer to not being in a, <laughs> a raccoon anymore. <laughs> Winston turns... Did you say this out loud? No. It's to my party okay. members. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> and so, uh... You do... I think... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. You do so well as a raccoon, though. I <laughs> I think this is working for you. I don't know that you should turn back. <laughs> Certainly in this battle system. I don't think you should take Bree, uh... Bree's judgment of you seriously as a raccoon. Thank you, guys. All right, well, um... I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Uh, so, uh, epilogue, you now have... The three of you, I would say, have a majority interest in that olive oil empire, with Anastasia being... Um, she has an interest in it as well, but it's more like in a trust, and she's trusting that you'll run operations while she can have some um, financial security in the company. And Winston does repair the crystal that uh, deactivated the magical protection field. So the sanctuary is safe again. And uh, yeah, Jacqueline is renamed uh, as, a, as a commemoration of her change, even though she won't remember it, but she's, um, she's changed to Bellinor. And um, yeah, there we go. I, I, I guess that's everything. I will. Congratulations. I would like to pull out my uh, cigarette case and hand out pieces of licorice and say, uh, it's been a wild ride, guys. <laughs> Have some candy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I eat it. <laughs> oh, Deidre, man, you're going to have raccoon hair all over your clothes. She's used to it. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I can't think of anything else to say. So, uh, listeners, thank you for joining us on this ride. Uh, please don't take our criticisms of the Ironsworn system too seriously. Find out for yourself. Maybe this is for you. Uh, but it was tricky to get into. Uh, we're happy to keep trying, though. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's 270 pages. We'll read it eventually. <laughs> yes. We'll get to the bottom of it and we'll go, oh, that's how we messed that up. I really should have done that better. Yeah. But thank you. Joining us this time were Krista. That's you. <laughs> What's in a raccoon's opinion, the best sport. I don't know. I don't know. 
dumpster diving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was great. Uh, and mm-hmm. Deidre. We're rich. Yay. <laughs> and finally, Errol. I wonder how much olive oil to buy some new boots. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. It's the part of the show where we do a promotion swap with another podcast. If you're a podcast and would like to do a promotion swap with us, let us know. Send us an email at firebreathingkittenspodcast at gmail.com. This week's promotion is for Hellgate City. Have you heard of Hellgate City? In this podcast, a radio DJ gets stuck in a dystopian cyberpunk hellhole New York City. Here's a recent review. Good mix of humor and dystopia. I've been listening for a while, and I think what keeps me listening is the immersive fiction feel, while the humor keeps it from getting boring. Really creative and evocative ideas. And the audio production is high quality, lots of audio tracks and effects throughout. It's good to run to. I find it helps the time pass quickly. Check out Hellgate City, a podcast. And here's their official trailer. Kirby Bevins, host for Neo Amsterdam News. My father disappeared six years ago. I've had amnesia about our final moments until now. Boy, was he irritating. I suspect he ghosted, literally. I could be wrong, but I did wake up 17 times last night, screaming after he said this in a recurring nightmare. Did you see that? Rippling in the air. Was he murdered or worse? Great, now they're on to me. Go to hellgatecity.com.